Oh, all right, everybody. Welcome. It's evening time. Welcome back to our study on peace. On peace, I genuinely believe that wherever you're at right now, whatever's going on in your life, I genuinely believe that you can have your peace levels go way up, way up today. I believe that you can grow in peace today. We're talking about the kind of peace that is disconnected from circumstances, the kind of peace that comes from trusting God, trusting God no matter how life is going, uh, which is able to allow us to be anchored in peace. Our, our study is entitled Unlocking Peace. Unlocking Peace, which is basically a study about how God teaches us in the Bible, how He teaches us to live with lots of peace, uh, whatever is going on in our lives. Now, so far we've, we've talked about three different keys, and today is the fourth one. The first key we talked about is the anchor key. It's about believing and trusting in God. You, none of the other keys work unless you first have anchored yourself in believing God, that He is who the Bible says He is, and that he, and trusting Him, trusting Him with your today, with your circumstances. That is the number one key for, for peace in, in our lives. The other keys are connected to that. In light of believing in God, the second key was, was contentment. Trusting God that, that He has provided, that He will provide, being content with what He's provided for us. The third key was forgiving, trusting in God's commands and, uh, and guidance commands to, to forgive, to forgive everyone and, and to walk in obedience to that, trusting Him again. Uh, and today we're talking about this fourth key. The fourth key for unlocking peace is basically this. It's the key of submission. The key of submission. Specifically, when we're talking about the key of submission today, we're talking about how perfect peace comes not from the pursuit of situations where we think we will find peace and happiness, but actually from submission to God's plans, submission to God's purposes, God's priorities, God's directions, which might look less pleasant from our perspective where we're looking at right now, but in the end, trusting God's plans and purposes and direction ends up finding us in having that kind of peace that is disconnected from circumstance. The, the peace in any circumstance, the peace that passes understanding. So we're talking about submission. And submission is basically when our mission, you know, our plans and purposes and direction, when our mission sub, it goes under the plans and purposes and direction of God. Now, I'm not going to lie, this is, this is a bit of a tricky key. It's a bit of a tricky key because it's extremely counterintuitive. Our hearts are yearning for one thing often, and God's calling us to trust Him in a different direction often, not always, and it's, it's wonderful when, when all those are in step, but, but we often find ourselves drawn towards what we believe will bring us peace. That things that sh we think should fill our life ought to fill our life with, with peace and happiness. But it turns out those things will draw us away from the very things we crave if that means walking away from God's path, God's plans, God's, God's priorities for our life. We're going to talk more about that. But first, let's, let's look at some pictures. It's picture time. Graham, Middle East picture time. Um, we have three pictures today. Really, it's the last one. The, the, the first two are just bonus ones. This, these are all taking place from the, this 
town, the area around the town of Dan, which is, which is a city way to the north. And, and ta- Dan uh, is, is an amazing, lush area. It has the largest spring of its type in the Middle East. Water just gushes out of this area. And then ultimately, this is the water that becomes the Jordan River. It goes into the Sea of Galilee, and it goes into the Jordan River, and then down whatever's left to the Dead Sea. But, but there is so much life here. It's so green. It's so vibrant. The nature at its best when it comes to the Middle East. It's, after being in Israel for a long time, it's, this, this place is extraordinary. It's, it's water everywhere. It's, it's beautiful. It's perfect. Not only that, this area has, it's right on the main road, which means that there's the economic perks of being on the main highway are, are, are experienced here at the city of Dan. And so it's, it's peaceful, it's prosperous, nature, it, it, it's like everything you would want. Like it, it's an amazing, uh, amazing location. In the time of Judges, in Judges chapter 18, the, the, Dans, the Danites, the Danilonians, whatever, the, the, the tribe of Dan, the, they're, they're looking for a place to settle and they find this place that's really peaceful. And, and they go up there and they take it and they rebuild it as their own. The next picture shows kind of the city gates of, of, of where, kind of where you would enter. It's not a great picture, probably because I took it. But, but yeah, it's, it's the, the entrance to the, the, the old city. And it, you can see just kind of the stone that it's made out of. I took the picture because the stone is very different from the stone in Jerusalem. And I was on a geography class and so I was paying more attention to that at the time. Sadly, uh, uh, okay, enough about my photography. Anyway, so that, that is. That was the entrance to the city of Dan. Um, but the, other, the, the main picture that I want to show you is this one. And, it, and it's of the religious area in, in Dan. Dan was famous for being one of the two locations for the worship of the two golden calves in the northern kingdom. And, and this area here that you're, you're looking at is, is that worship area. And, and you can see the metal... Um, bits there where, where the altar had been. It, was, it would have been a stone altar, but it was right there. And this is exactly where they would have done the worshiping of the golden calf for all the years of, of the northern kingdom. Basically, uh, just after Solomon died, the, the kingdom split into two, and Jeroboam made this the, the, worship, the worship hub. And, and it was from that moment all the way until the northern kingdom was destroyed in 722 B.C., so think of Dan as like the anti-Jerusalem, the, the anti-Jerusalem. It's, it's the place where the northern kingdom was, was redirected from worshiping the God of the Bible in Jerusalem to worshiping these golden calves and one of them placed here in Dan. It's standing in this location, what you're looking at right now. It's, 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 it's standing right where I am uh, that I'm... I'm God is talking to me about peace, and I'm getting several peace lessons right here in this moment. And what, what we're going to discover as I go through these peace lessons is, and there's four of them, is that the only way to God's peace, the only way to God's peace is via God's path. It's the only way. And, and that's an irritating truth about the pursuit of peace, but it's true. The only way to God's peace is submission to God's path. Every other path, every other path, every other, every other pursuit leads us away from God's peace because it's leading us away from where God wants us to be. It, it leads us away from trusting God with our, with our plans and with our future. And, and as we remember, the first key is we got to trust God. That is the most important thing when it comes to pursuing peace. Okay. 
four peace lessons. Four peace lessons, let's dive in. The first peace lesson from standing in that point is that peace lesson, peace, sorry, peace grows with submission via perseverance. Peace grows with submission via perseverance. Often enough, often enough we face moments in our lives where we have to decide if we're going to keep going. If we're going to keep going or if we're going to give up when it comes to trusting the leading of God in our lives. There are times in our lives where we know, we know or we believe relatively decently that God is calling us this direction. To, to do this or to run after this thing. And we, and we know it and we've been trying to do that. But we find ourselves discouraged. We find ourselves running out of steam. We find ourselves believing that, that we just aren't going to be able to do it. And life is difficult and scary. I mean, I had this as a, as a going into university. I'm like, okay, do I want to go to business school or do I want to go to ministry school? I don't believe that, I'll, I'll, that ministry school is going to be the path that I want to go on. I, I, it, it seems like less money, and yet I feel like God wants me to do that. And we, ha we make all these decisions through, uh, through our lives, right? Where it's like, okay, where is God calling us to do, and are we going to do that? And then are we going to stick with it? Are we going to persevere in that? Sometimes the future looks scary that God is calling us on. It looks difficult. It looks painful, uncertain. And we can't figure out how to get to the, from here to there. And we're tempted to give up. And that, that's part of the story behind Dan and the city of Dan and, and the tribe of Dan. Let me show you on a map, okay? Maps time. Love maps. So um, what you can see on this map is down at the lower left. The lower left is the area. I've circled it in red. Put a, an arrow to it. Can't miss it. Uh, that's the area where the tribe of Dan was, was given by God for their inheritance. That's the land that God told them, this is yours. You take it. You go and, and claim this land, dwell in it, and, and that's your spot. That's your place. So they do, and they do at first, and you, you read some stories about this because uh, it's Samson, the, Samson is from the tribe of Dan, and he's living down in that area. And early in the period of Judges, that's where the tribe of Dan goes to, to settle. And, and actually, God has given them an extraordinary, uh, extraordinary land. It, is, it has a seaport. It has Joppa. Right, Joppa, one of those seaports, which means which means the, the Mediterranean trade is is going to come into to Dan, and there's so much affluence in that. It's also on the main highway to, from Egypt straight up to all the other empires. So it, Dan is just so economically strategic when when it comes to to, to trade. I mean, that Joppa seaport, you're gonna have you're gonna have all the traders coming from um, Arabia and from the east coming right through to the you know right through that area, and I mean going into the the Mediterranean world. It's such a ripe area. Not only that, it's on the Phil Philistine alluvial plain, the Philistine alluvial plain, and that is this amazing flat area that is has got it's great for farming it's just flat and, and it's fertile and it's 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 great i mean god gave them a rich abundant land it's got it, it, when you get inland a little bit there's there's some foothills that's where Sam, samson lived and these are just like little foothills but the, the the challenge here is you can see right to the south of where the tribe of dan is it says philistines or something like that i can't read it from here but it, it's the philistine land and, and those guys were tough. I mean, even David battled with those guys throughout his reign. Uh, th that's the challenge for the tribe of Dan. 
So God gave them this great land, and they tried to settle here, but it was hard because the Philistines were there, and, and it wasn't safe. There, was no, there wasn't like mountains to hide in or to, to build these huge fortified cities, and you, you had flat land. You had some foothills, but not very well fortified places, and, and they just couldn't get it. They couldn't figure out how to take the land that God had given them. And, and a couple generations go by, you know, as, as I read the book of Judges, it seems like a couple generations go by until they finally, they give up. They give up on God's plans, his purposes, his, the direction for their tribe. God, okay, he had given them a challenging place, but had they persevered, had they taken it, there was so much abundant blessing ahead had they just stuck with it and stayed where God had led them. But it was, it was going to be hard. It was going to be very, very hard. And, and I, I'm not going to take that away from them. But eventually they gave up and they moved north. And so you can see the other circle up at the top with, with the arrow up there. The other circle, that, that's where they moved to way, way up north, north of the Sea of Galilee to this, this place that was, that was peaceful. It's a long ways away from where God wanted them to be. Family, in life, you're going to have perseverance tests. You're just going to have uh, times where, where you're going to want to give up on what God is asking you to do. Uh, where you're going to feel like giving up on what God is calling you to do because it looks impossible because you've tried. You, you've tried. Maybe you've tried and failed and tried and failed. The Danites tried for maybe a couple generations. Tried and failed, tried and failed. And you, and you find like it, it, it didn't work. It, it, it doesn't work. And, and, and you just look, and, and the whole situation seems impossible. You look backwards, and you see that, well, okay, we've never been able to do this, and so maybe we should, we should give up. If, if you're at that moment in life right now where you're feeling like, okay, God's, where you feel like God is leading you, like you just can't do it, and you've been trying, but you're exhausted, and you feel like giving up, I'm just going to encourage you to not give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. It's going to be worth it. I don't know how. Neither do you, though. And, and so keep going. It's going to be worth it. Uh, I've got lots of examples of this in my life. Uh, starting this church, we moved over here in 2003. We, we started a church in our home. Nobody came. Nobody came to Christ. We shut it down. Uh, we started another church, which ended up being called Regarding Hope. After eight months, eight people. It wasn't going well. I was getting ready to, I was praying through shutting it down. But the problem was, I believed that God called me here to start a church. And, and yet, I, I kept failing. I, I was unable to do it. I, I tried, I failed. I tried, I failed. And, and, and I just felt like, okay, I, maybe I just need to give up. Maybe I need to give up. Maybe I need to try again. And I just had one of those moments where I just felt so stuck between what I felt like God wanted me to do and the fact that I just couldn't do it. And I'd spent years proving that. And so I had a submission with God chat. And in that moment, I was like, God, I, I, I believe I believe that this is what you want me to do. Now, I could be wrong, of course, but I, I believe this is what you want me to do. I believe you want me to start a church. I have proven myself. Un, I've proven to you for everybody I'm unable to do this. I have tried. I have tried. I have tried. But I'm stuck. I'm stuck. And so, God, I don't know what to do right now, but I, because I think you want me to, to plant this church, I'm just going to keep going even though I can't do it. I'm going to keep persevering. I believe that moment was a perseverance test, a perseverance test co connected to submitting to God's uh, path for me, 
by keeping going, by persevering. And ultimately, when you, when you pass those tests, when you pass those tests, you get to see the goodness and the help of, of God, of his provision. When, when you thought your future was going to be like it's always been. For me, I, I thought that my future was going to look like my past. I, I thought that the, 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 the days ahead was going to look no different because I had spent several years trying and failing, trying and failing. I just figured that, that the future was just going to be the same and it was just going to continue on until God somehow... God somehow like let me off the hook or something like that. But, but I just want to say that, that when you're following God, when you're following God, the past does not predict the future. You, you, can, you could be like me and having failed and failed and failed, but if you stay on God's path for you, the path does not predict the future. The enemy wants you to believe. The enemy wants you to believe it when you look back, there's no hope for your future because look at, look at these last several years and, and your prayer requests. God never answered any of your prayer requests. The fact that God may, has, may have not answered your prayer requests over the last several years has nothing to do with the future. The past, when you're with God, does not predict the future. And we've got to believe this. We've got to believe that our past, past okay, it, it, because, because I want you to anchor this. The past, does, my past does not predict my future. My past does not predict, predict my future. I want you to go ahead and type it right now into the chat. Let's anchor this home. With God, my past does not predict my future. With God, my past does not predict my future. Again, the liar wants us to lose hope. To lose encouragement, to look back and think like, well, that's where I've been, so my future is just going to be just as lame, so I should give up. No, no, no. Perseverance tests with God bring us to these moments where, where we, have to, we have to say, okay, yes, it's true. It's been a hard run, and I don't see a lot of hope. Maybe the, maybe the Philistines have been, a, have been impossible to deal with for the tribe of Dan for several generations. But just because it's been that way doesn't mean it'll always be that way. And God is intentionally bringing me, guiding me somewhere. And somehow he's going to get me there. The, the past does not predict the future. When you're following God, when you keep following God, keep trusting God, persevering no matter the challenge, you stay on the path of perfect peace. Those who, are, who give up on God's plan, those who give up, they get lost. They get lost because they lose their way. They lose their peace when they leave God's path. Now, I know one of the other weird things about perseverance moments is you find yourself at a crossroads often, and you feel unsettled. And, and what, you, what we need to do is we need to look forward and be like, okay, this is where God's called me to go. I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I'm not going to freak out about it. I am not only going to walk the path that God's called me to do it, I'm going to walk it trusting Him. And that, it, that combination of walking His path whilst trusting Him is where you get the path of peace. Two and a half years ago, two and a half years ago, I decided to quit. I decided to quit and resign from, from Rehope, from being the pastor here. It's just too hard. Life, life was just too hard. Like the whole, the, everything was just too hard and, and uh, I mean, I was low. I was, I was very low and just, uh, and, and, uh, enough about that moment. But, but it had been going on for a long time and so I decided I had no other choice. And, and that's how it feels when, when you get to give up moments. Like I have no other choice because, because I look backwards and I look at these last couple years and I think it's too hard. 
I have no choice. I can't take another step. No, that's a lie as well. The pa- again, the past does not predict the future. And, and I did have a choice, but I felt like I didn't have a choice. And, and, but anyways, I made that decision. I made that decision to, to give up, to stop, to quit. But about a night or two later, I, now I, I, didn't, I didn't make this known. I didn't start telling people and, and, or write a letter yet. But I, I decided, and, and maybe that night or maybe the next night, but it might have been that night, God woke me up in the night. And, and he said, Brian, I want you to call this guy. Uh, I called this guy. And so the next, d- next morning, I, I called him, and this guy in Edinburgh, and, and he said, Brian, before you say anything, I feel like God has given me a word for you. Now, I, I'm curious, because I'd never had one of those God waking you up in the middle of the night things, asking, telling me to call somebody. I, I haven't, I'd never had that before, so I'm, I'm pretty dialed into this moment. And, and the guy says, uh, Brian, I think God says, God's saying to you that you need to keep going and not give up. You need to keep going and not give up. And, and, and he said, you know, Scotland needs Brian Ingraham, which is a, I feel uncomfortable with that statement for theological reasons and all that kind of stuff. That's what he said. And, and, and he said, you know, but you need to keep going. You need to keep going and, and not give up. I, I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad I didn't give up. I'm glad I did keep going. I'm glad I did continue on on the path that God had been leading me on. The, the tribe of Dan was, was tempted to give up on, the, on their, their hard road forward, their hard, their hard situation, and, and then they did. They gave up, and they moved to the north, and the, the day, even on their journey to the north, they gathered these idols from this guy named Micah or Micaiah or something like that, and, and they, they got their own priest, and from the day they left the land that God had put them in, they chose idols, and they, they, they started following idols from that day forward. First, the silver idol, and then being the home of the golden calf for all of the northern kingdom's history. You can see Judges chapter 18 for, for, that, for that story, but ultimately, guys, ultimately the path of peace that comes from God, the kind of peace that we get to enjoy in any and every circumstance, it only comes to those who keep living, submitting to the plans of God, to the purposes of God, to the direction of God, even when we feel like giving up. You leave God's path, and you leave God's path of peace, which only comes from trusting Him and staying on His ways. So that's, that's number one. That's number one. Uh, peace grows with submission via perseverance. Okay, the second lesson, the second lesson is this. Peace grows in submission versus convenience. Versus convenience. Okay, so again, you, uh, we won't show you the picture, but, but you can remember the picture of the altar there. I'm standing in that same place where I took that photograph, and, and, uh, and I'm standing there, and I'm remembering the story of Jeroboam, that first king who built the, the altar there and who built the, the golden calves and, and, and introduced them as the worship locations for Israel, that Dan in the north and then Bethel in the south. And, and at that moment, this is what we read when we go back to the story in 1 Kings chapter 12. It says, he, Then he, Jeroboam, made two golden calves. And he said to the people, Going to Jerusalem is too difficult for you. Israel, here are your gods who brought you up from the land of Egypt. He set up one in Bethel and put the other in Dan. 
this led to sin. The people walked in procession before one of the calves all the way to Dan. Okay, this, this was the trap. The, Jeroboam's tactic here. He, he wants to entice the people from following, from following the God of the Bible, from worshiping in Jerusalem. And he, and he tells them, look, it is too difficult to follow God. And I'm just going to add in all the extra bits. It's too difficult to follow God how he's asked us to follow him. It's too difficult for us to follow God and worship him how he has asked us to worship him, where he's asked us to worship him. It's too difficult. And so, so here's an easier way. Here's an easier way where you can still worship the God who brought you out of Egypt and, and all that kind of stuff. It's just different. He said no idols, no, especially no cows, no golden calves. We saw that in Sinai. But, but, but let's, let's ignore all that and let's, let's worship God what's more convenient for us. More convenient for us. The enemy so often uses the temptation of convenience. Convenience to turn us away from obeying God. Oh man, what God's asking you to do, that's too much work. That's too much sacrifice. That's too scary. What if you, what if you're, what if you follow God in this and, and you're alone forever? Or, or what if you follow God in this and, and you never get a job in that field that you might be studying? Or maybe, what if you, what if you quit this job in obedience and, oh man, if, I don't know if you saw Family Time recently with Joe. That, that story was pretty special how he, he, he moved on in obedience and, and it just turned out God's perspective there and, and God's, God's timing there was just perfect when it connected to the virus and lockdown. But he didn't know. He didn't know what God was leading him towards at the moment. He just knew that God was calling him to do this and he did it. Peace grows with submission uh, of, of convenience when we, sub, when we, when we choose uh, God's way versus, versus the most convenient way. Beware of the temptation to disobey God's leading, God's direction, uh, even in the small day-to-day things because you feel like, oh man, it, it would just be more convenient. It'd be safer. It would be, sorry, more safe. It'd be more safe to, to, to walk on God's path, than, than walking on God's path. Ultimately, the peace that comes from God, which we get to enjoy in any and every circumstance, only comes to those who have chosen to keep living and submitting to God's plans and purposes and directions, even when it's entirely inconvenient. When it's not easy. You leave God's path, you leave God's path to peace, which only comes from trusting in Him. That's number two. Peace grows in submission versus convenience. The third one, the third one here is peace grows with the submission of our preferences. The submission of our preferences. Again, I'm standing there in the same spot that I took that picture. I am looking over this, this area where the golden calf and the altar used to be. I am comparing it in my mind with Jerusalem. I'd previously spent a lot of time in Jerusalem, and, and I had a very clear picture of what that is like. I'm kind of just comparing Jerusalem and the worship of, of the God of the Bible in Jerusalem versus this worship environment here in Dan, way to the north. Now, the thing about Jerusalem is you know, and that area, it's not, it's not nearly as beautiful as, as Dan. It's, it's rugged, rocky, hilly, uh, hilly, and, and it's, you know, it's a little bit more, um, I don't know, it's just a little bit more, more, well, there's less water, so it's more dry. Um, you know, it's, it's not as, it's not as, it's, it, yeah, it's just very mountainous in that area, whereas Dan is just a sprawling, beautiful place. 
As a city, Jerusalem, I mean, it's okay. It's okay. It, it, it doesn't have a lot of natural water. Um, it's, it's, there's better cities in the, in the land, which maybe that sounds weird, but hopefully you go back to two weeks ago and you're, you're now up to speed on, on how there's a big difference between God's chosen location and maybe what we would consider as the best. Jerusalem isn't the best. It's not the best um, city location for several different reasons. Um, it's not the best, well, I, I don't, I don't want to get into that. Anyways, so, so Jerusalem, it's fine though. It's totally fine. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine. But it's not the best. The main thing though... Um, about Jerusalem, it's the place that God chose, and it's the place that God said, I'm going to place my name here. And, and when it came to the temple, he's like, this is going to be the place where I want everybody to come and worship me here in this location, and only in this location. Jerusalem was God's chosen location to be worshipped. It was God's decision, God's preference, what God commanded. This is what he wanted. So I'm standing there in Dan, and I'm, I'm thinking about Jerusalem, and I'm comparing it, though, to this, this area. And, and like I said, Dan is beautiful. It's, it's lush. It's nature at its best. There's so much water. And, and if, any, if anyone finds nature, an environment where it's nice, it's easier to connect with God and, and all that sort of stuff, you would just agree, Dan feels like the perfect place for worship. It just oozes peaceful,ness beauty, uh, nature, it's so great. If, if I was going to choose a place to, to worship based on what feels best to me, every time I would choose Dan over, over Jerusalem. Every time. I mean, if you were in the two places, you'd be like, yeah, this place feels just so, so great to meet with God. But the path to peace doesn't come from running after how we think things ought to be or what feels best to us. How we want things to be. That's not the path of peace. The path of peace comes from seeking how God wants things to be and then running after that. Running after that. God has thoughts. God has preferences. There's things that God wants done and ways that he wants things done and maybe they don't uh, match exactly how we think things should be done or how we would ideally want them to be done. And maybe it doesn't make sense to us, but God has bigger thoughts than our thoughts and bigger preferences than our preferences. It is our life, it is our mission to dedicate ourselves to prioritize the choices of God in, in submitting our own our own preferences to God's. Ultimately, peace, the peace that comes from God, which we get to enjoy in any and every circumstance, only comes to those who have chosen to dedicate themselves to the plans, purposes, and direction of God, even when it's very different than what they might prefer. You leave God's path, you leave God's path to peace, which only comes from trusting Him. And that includes with our preferences. Okay, so that's number three. Peace grows with the submission of our preferences, how we want things to be. Fourthly, uh, fourthly and finally, peace grows in submission to God's future. Submission to God's future. There is a big peace lesson, again, standing in that same location, uh, standing there in Dan at that altar site. The number one sin... Uh, of the northern kingdom of Israel that it could never break from the, the first king, Jeroboam, all the way until it was destroyed in 722 B.C. Was, was the sin of these golden calves. 
they never once got, got, got out of this, this trap of worshiping these golden calves instead of the God of the Bible. The, this, this national sin, it was birthed from Jeroboam refusing to submit to God's future. And it was done fighting God. Like God has declared one thing and, and I want to fight against it. I want to make plans and strategies so that what God says is going to happen is doesn't happen. And I'm going to spend my time fighting against God's plans and purposes. You see, the thing is, before Jeroboam became king, uh, back when he was still working for King Solomon, uh, there was this prophet that came up to him, a prophet named Ahijah. Ahijah from Shiloh. And basically this prophet said to him, you're going to be king someday of 10 of the tribes in the north. You're going to get 10 of the tribes, but I'm going to give one of the tribes, two, Simeon kind of got blended in there, but I'm going to give one of the tribes to David. I'm going to humble David and, and David's, David's line because he walked away from me. Again, that was uh, Solomon at the end of his life, how he'd walked away from God. But, but you're going to get 10, to, and the, you're going to get 10 of them. And, he, and there's some other directions there in 1 Kings chapter 11. But at the very end of his speech, Ahijah says this at the very end in 1 Kings eleven thirty nine. He says, I will humble David's descendants because of their unfaithfulness, but not forever. But not forever. And, and it's those last three words, but not forever, that, that seemed to trip him up. And Jer- Jeroboam's like, wait, okay, wait, what? what? Does that mean someday that, that the nation is going to return back to David's descendants? That, that David's descendants, they're going to be humbled, but not forever? Is the nation going to return? And it seems that that mindset drives him, drives an obsession of how can he keep the nation from returning to David's descendants as God has hinted or implied or even stated directly that, that, that is going to happen. And so he devises this plan of, of putting in these, these two idols. And he says, don't, in, in, in chapter 12, he's like, if I don't do this, then people were going to worship in Jerusalem and then eventually they'll go back to David's descendants. It says that in chapter 12. And that, it's that thinking, that fear of trying to push away from those words, but not forever, that, that set up this, this idol worship for the nation and, and turned the whole nation from worshiping the God of the Bible as he wants to be worshiped. He's it, just fighting against what, what God says is going to happen. And so he, he abandons God. And so does the nation. I'm going to just say this. Uh, I hope you know this, but I'm going to say it just super clearly so that we, we, yeah, we just hear it again. Fighting against God is not the, plan to pe- the path to peace. Fighting against God is not the path to peace. Fighting against God's future for you is not the path to peace. You, you, you might feel like God wants you to go a certain way and you've been fighting against it in your heart and you're like, okay, I get it. There is no peace while I'm trying to fight against God and, and the future that, that he has for me. Think about King Saul, right? King Saul knows from Samuel that his sons are not going to be king and that God's going to bring up somebody else. And he knows, he says to his son that it's going to be David. And yet he spends these last year of his life trying to fight God's plans for the future, the future which, which is going to be, his kids aren't going to be on the throne, and, and it's going to be David, and so he, he spends all of his, his energies fighting against the future that God has. 
And how does he end up? He ends up demonized, paranoid, terrified. He's just a wreck at the end of his life. Just a wreck. You, you fight against God, you're gonna, you end up as a wreck as opposed to the peaceful life that we would like. It's ultimately, the peace that comes from God, which, which we get to enjoy in any and every circumstance, only comes to those who have chosen to dedicate themselves to the plans, purposes, and direction of God, even when the future is not how we want it to be. Even the future that God's calling us towards isn't how we want it to be. You leave God's path, you leave God's path to peace, which only comes from trusting in Him. I was... I remember this morning a, a song when I was preparing just, just before coming in uh, this morning. And the, the old simple song, Trust and Obey, right? And, and the chorus is like, trust and obey. And that's what we've been talking about, trust and obey. We, we've been talking about o- obeying via perseverance and, and those kinds of things. But combining it with this idea of we've got to trust God in this for peace. Trust and obey, for there's no other way. In the song it says, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. In the same way, to, to have peace, the peace of Jesus. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. That's right at the heart of what we're talking about. That's right at the heart of the key to peace when it comes to submitting. Submitting to God's, God's plans and, uh, yeah, God's plans and futures. Um, let's just put up the altar picture one more time. I've been talking about it a bunch. The, the picture on the screen. I want you to have peace. I, I want your peace levels to go way up. I want your peace levels to go way up. And, and for some of you, that, that just means you need to stop fighting God. You're, you're, you're fighting with Him. And you're fighting with Him about your future. You're, you're, just, you're just fighting with Him. You're trying to resist where He's leading you. You know what, what he's wanting you to do, and you're just fighting it. And, and tonight, I'm just going to encourage you, stop, friend. Stop. Stop. And, and instead, submit your life, your future, to God's way, God's path for you. And find the path of peace. Some of you, you need to stop insisting that life be like you want it to, like you want it to be. That, that, you know, like you, you've tried to customize maybe your faith. You've tried to be like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe this about God, but I don't like some of this other stuff in the Bible. I don't like some of this other stuff, so I'm going to kind of customize. I'm going to have God, but I'm going to have worshiping with my preferences, my, uh, with my preferred morality and, and all that kind of stuff. It's not God's way. That's not God's way. And, and, and I'm going to encourage you today to fully submit your life to God's preferences for you, for how you live, and all of that. Some of you, some of you, you need to stop continually choosing the easier path, the, the most convenient path, and get back on God's path, which might be a little bit harder and less enjoyable than what you what you'd prefer right now. Choosing to trust Him with your path forward. Others of you, um, that means, I mean, you heard me say at the beginning that you can't give up. It's time to not give up. It's time to keep going. It's time to persevere. You know what God's calling you to do. You don't know how you can take another step. You don't know, you don't know how, uh, how to keep going, but 
but you know that God is leading you or you believe that God's leading you this direction and I'm just telling you, keep going, friend. Keep going. Do not give up. There is, there is such value in persevering even when it just seems impossible. Trust in God. Trust in God with your future. Those are all submission things and, and submitting our, our lives in, to God. Uh, some of you just need to begin with the simple, I need to submit my life to Jesus. Just give my life to Jesus and, and, and become a Christian. It, it's time. Or maybe I need to resubmit my life to Jesus because I've, I've, I've been going my own way and I just, tonight I just need to rededicate my life to be submitted to Jesus in His way.